Hello, and welcome to the Letters from Our Fathers podcast, where we explore the actual history of America's founding fathers from their own written words and personal correspondence, but without modern partisan political ideologies. I am your host, Roman. Now let's learn some real history. All right, welcome back to the podcast where TLDR does not apply and the study of history is a way of life absolutely every single day of the week. I hope you're enjoying the short series, uh, the short episode series of this here podcast while I am away. And today we are going to be continuing on in true fashion with a letter from Mr. Samuel Adams. This letter is going to be written to an Arthur Lee on January the 25th of 1774. And let us just jump right into it. Quote, The sending the East India Company's tea into America appears evidently to have been with design of the British administration and to complete the favorite plan of establishing a revenue in America. The people of Boston and the other adjacent towns endeavored to have the tea sent back to the place where it came and then to prevent the design from taking effect. Had this been done in Boston... As it was done in New York and Philadelphia, the design of the ministry would have been as, eff- as effect- effectually prevented here as in those colonies, and the property would have been saved. Governor Hutchison and the other crown officers, having the command of the castle by which the ships must have passed, and other powers in their hands, made use of those powers to defeat the intentions of the people and succeeded, end quote. So he's talking about the Boston Tea Party and says, so basically what happened, again to summarize, the tea was thrown into the harbor. Now, before that happened, the people, well, certain people in and around Boston, tried to get those ships out. In Philadelphia, actually, that's exactly what they did. Uh, the same kind of ships arrived in Philadelphia, and Philadelphia said uh, goodbye, uh, and they sent the tea back. I believe this happened also in North or South Carolina, I forget which, and elsewhere. So they tried to send the ships back. In Boston, the local governor made made issue with that, and eventually the people got frustrated and threw the tea into the harbor. Now, was that the right thing to do? No, probably not the right thing to do. But such as it is, we've talked about that before. Continuing on, quote, In short, the governor, who for art and cunning, as well as an inveterate hatred of the people, was inferior to no one of the cabal, both encouraged and provoked the people to destroy the tea, end quote. Encouraged and provoked the people to destroy the tea. Now, that might be going a little bit far with it, but it's it, based on my readings of the situation and everything else, it's not terribly far from the truth. Not terribly far. I can understand how Mr. Samuel Adams would see it that way. Continuing on, quote, By refusing to grant a passport, he held up to them the alternative of destroying the property of the East India Company or suffering that to be the sure means of unhinging the security of property in general in America, end quote. See, they believed the the import of this tea based on the circumstances involved with the tea tax and everything else to be such an affront to their liberty and their constitutional rights, they felt compelled to stop the tea from being delivered. They wanted the ships to go back, but not being able to do that, they threw it into the harbor. Continuing on, quote, And by delaying to call on the naval power to protect the tea, he led them to determine their choice of difficulties. In this view of the matter, the question is easily decided who ought in justice to pay for the tea if it ought to be paid for at all. The destruction of the tea is the pretense for the unprecedented severity shown in the town of Boston, but the real cause is the opposition to tyranny for which the people of that town have always made themselves remarkable. 
and for which I think this country is much obliged to them. They are suffering the vengeance of administration in the common cause of America, end quote. I tend to agree with that. Uh, Boston was always, well, not always, but I mean for a long time, it had been selected out to be the principal target of unconstitutional, what I would believe, what Dr. Franklin and others would believe to be unconstitutional acts by the British Parliament. They seem to have a singular hatred for the people of Boston. But the people who stick most closely, people who grab most strongly onto their freedom and liberty are always going to be the targets. Always. All you're doing is painting a target on your back when you do that. But what can be done about that? Now, I'll, I'll, I'll infer something that he's saying in here. Quote, in this view of the matter, the question is easily decided who ought in justice to pay for the tea if it ought to be paid for at all, end quote. I think he's saying that the governor ought to pay for it because he held up the tea from being sent out, from being sent back from whence it came. Um, do I agree with that? Not really. I mean, you know, look, if the, if the British had tried to demand restitution for the tea, I think, it, I think the people of Boston would have been duty-bound to pay it, unfortunately, because, I mean, the problem is once you— throw the tea in the harbor, you have effectively purchased it. They did the thing that they, to they told themselves they didn't want to do. They defeated the whole purpose. So the whole purpose was, we don't want this tea in our town. We're not going to pay your tax. We don't want it distributed, so on and so forth. So we're sending it back. But when they couldn't send it back, they threw it into the harbor, accomplishing the very thing, basically de facto purchasing it, accomplishing the very thing that they didn't want to do in the first place. But that's what happens when you get worked up into a froth and you let the emotion of the moment take, you know, carry the day. I, I, like I said, generally speaking, I don't think it was a good idea to throw that tea in the harbor. I don't think they were really justified in doing so. Uh, I mean, if they couldn't send the tea back, worst case scenario, that tea gets distributed. There's all kinds of things you can do from that perspective as far as non-importation, non-consumption, to try to affect the, the same result as sending the tea back. But I think they had other avenues open to them for, for taking care of that particular problem. Now, do I think what the British did in response to it was uh, appropriate? No. I mean, th again, they made things even worse. Their reaction was even worse than what the colonists did by throwing the frickin' tea into the harbor. And Dr. Franklin makes that point very clear. We've talked about that before in previous episodes. That is abundantly clear. And they basically compounded what the Founding Fathers saw as an unconstitutional act by further unconstitutional act and what was also articulated as being violent measures coming out of the Parliament. And then they tried to reinforce the unconstitutional and illegal acts with the force of arms, which is like pouring gasoline on a fire. And then they send those arms, they send the soldiers out of the city into the countryside to kill anybody who gets in their way. And that would be Lexington and Concord. So as far as who was behaving more inappropriately than the other, clearly the parliament and the king were on the most extreme wrong side of things, despite any mistakes that may have been made by the colonists. You can't just willy-nilly do whatever you want in the parliament or by way of the king. You can't. But that's how that works. Anyway, so that's a further discussion on the, uh, the Boston Tea Party and the goings-on therein. But that kind of gets us back into this concept of non-importation, non-consumption, which the Founding Fathers talked about. And they were trying to implement, actually, after this in order to respond to the intolerable acts and that led straight up to Lexington and Concord, basically. But, you know, non-importation, non-consumption is what people do when they're serious about solving a problem. When they're not serious about solving a problem, they don't do it. You know why? Because they don't give a crap. They don't believe in anything. But I can understand also on the same side, I can understand the sentiment of Samuel Adams. These people were 
These people were pissed. They really believe their constitution was being violated, and frankly speaking, I agree with them. You cannot tax a people if they have no representation. That is not fundamentally right. You can't. These are the debates. Not a whole lot of these debates going on today, unfortunately. There should be. Instead, we get one lie after the next. I mean, the number of lies that I hear coming out of people, again, it's either lies or gross negligence, but it's been said so often and so frequently, some of the things that I hear in the modern day, I can only, I can only conclude that it's just lies because nobody's that stupid for that long. At least I hope not. But if you have any comments or questions on the, about this episode, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts and let me know. I will uh, endeavor to address those. If you don't have access to Apple Podcasts, again, Patreon. I've been through that before, long-winded enough. That's how you do that if you're on Spotify or someplace else and can't leave a review on Apple Podcasts. And I hope that I will see you on the next episode of this here podcast. And with all of that said, this is Roman signing out. Thank you.